Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And what's your favorite scary movie? We're looking at Scream. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how are you today? I'm A-OK, Jeffrey. How are you? I am good. We are in October. We are in our spooky month. Only, only two movies, of course, because we're bi-weekly. But uh, still, I love a chance to do some spooky films on the pod, even though I'm not always a fan of the spooky movies. Look, I like. I will say I like a spooky movie. I don't mm-hmm. like a scary movie, typically. Okay. I, that's a, that's an, uh, an important distinction. I totally get it. I totally get it. I like atmosphere atmosphere i like a thriller i like a, a, a I very love tense, a thriller a ten, but a tense scary thriller suspense very suspenseful that's what i like more than more than out and out horror although of course there are exceptions to the rule including the movie we're talking about today which i've uh, enjoy quite much oh i enjoyed it a lot but i do think it rides it a line uh oh i agree i agree uh listener if you haven't already uh subscribe to the show gosh dang it maybe give a rate and a review preferably five stars uh tell a friend if in you got one tell two prove to us that you have friends tell them about <laughs> our show i i don't listener you've been listening you've been just here with us i don't believe you've got friends so prove me wrong no 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 let's not shame the listeners i'm kidding because li- wanting to avoid we're social your contact. friends we're your friends <laughs> we're your friends in your ears <laughs> We're your ear friends. We live there. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it. Scream came out on December 20th, 1996. This Merry Christmas. This was a December film? You know it. Of course it's oh a December gosh. film. It's a prestige film. Every- if I've seen one. <laughs> we, well, they had to get it out before the end of the year. They wanted to make sure it qualified for the Oscars. They knew. They knew that they were going to be pushing for Jamie Kennedy for Best Supporting Actor for and Randy. Best Score. Best score, sure. Uh, yeah, I it, w- I can't even think what would be if this film randomly had an Oscar nomination of what it would be for. I could, it wouldn't be for screenplay, but I could see them being like, oh, this is like a snappy. That's fu- the funny only thing I can think of that breaks conventions or whatnot. That or it would be even considered for score or some technical editing or something, sound mixing, blood design, blood design. Remember when the Academy introduced blood design? <laughs> I into love their, the blood design. Into their films. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Amy Jo, oh, Scream was directed, of course, by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. Amy Jo, what's your experience with Scream? Had you seen it before? I had once. Now, I thought I saw it in theaters, but then we started talking about when it came out. Yeah, 1996. I, 1996. So I was nine. I would have been in the eighth grade. Yeah, like, like thir- in 13, you know, it's 13. Know. I definitely saw Scream 2 in theaters. Yeah. Which is only so, like just one year. I think less than a year later. They like so, rushed that out. But 14 does feel different than 13 insofar. Like yeah. high school versus middle school insofar as like going to hey, see it's a 13 scary movie. Going on 30, not, not 14 going on 30. Because right. that doesn't make sense. No, that's just bad, not how I math works. 14 going on 40, but that's also not what the movie is. It's 13 going on 30. We know it and we love it. Do we? 
Well, we haven't seen it technically. But I've seen <laughs> we clips. Have no opinion. I've seen Andy Circus doing the thriller dance. I have not seen <laughs> clips, so I truly uh, have nothing to go on. Anyway, point is, I might be conflating the two experiences oh, into, okay. or yeah. one experience into two. What right. what the opposite of that is? Um, regardless, I definitely saw it, but I think only the once. Um, I so I remembered the opening sequence very vividly even though i couldn't remember all the particulars and then nothing nothing thereafter other than the semi-meta quality of it and Mm. some of like courtney cox and then i remember a little bit more about um scream 2 because of them doing all the meta-ness of sequels and stuff like that sure um but so you told me some things that Turns out our spoilers, you're like, well, because blah, blah, blah. In the middle of the movie, I was like, oh, I didn't remember well, that. I, well, I mentioned that there are two killers. You, you mentioned something like how? Well, you like, haven't how? even said spoilers yet. Okay, listener, <laughs> if you haven't listened to this show before, you know we spoil the movies. If you're listening to an episode on Scream, you got to assume we're going to tell you who the killers are. That's true. We are, and we will. I just and thought I still you haven't. Wait, so. I just said that there's two of them. I know, but I was like. But you'd also told me you'd seen it, so I apologize if I accidentally spoiled the movie. That maybe you had in nineteen ninety six. Sure. Well, we we have different uh, relationships to films. Where if I've still have only seen a movie one time when I was a youth, I still like now know. Even if I've never revisited it, I'm gonna know of. Well, so it depends who, on like the movie the for me. Like Something that. like this movie where I just don't care like, I know enough who the to killer remember. is of Scream Three, and I've never seen Scream Three. Like, that's re- what I'm talking about. I here. remember more atmosphere and details and set pieces than necessarily like sure. plot particular sometimes like there'll be things I'm yeah. like I really can't remember who did it but I do remember this like exchange this heated exchange do you recall at all because you talked about this opening sequence this great opening sequence like a mini short film with yeah. Drew Barrymore do you recall being what your what your thoughts were when she got killed were, were you surprised or shocked I can't remember? remember. I think I knew she got killed. Oh, I think okay. it was like I didn't see it like opening weekend. I think it was sure, like that's still like, such a surprise to audiences because the trailers they make, you make it look like she's the lead. I know they they fully pulled a they, psycho. <laughs> they fully went and their first sequence is a horror movie reference without explicitly stating yeah. it. But like it's very obviously meant to do exactly what it did to audiences in 1960 when they killed off Janet Lee. 45 minutes into the film. But it's nice that this is like a full, it's 12 minutes. Like it's so, it's, great. it's not like halfway through, which would also be interesting if you built up and you like, Nev Campbell's kind of like the friend and suddenly like, oops, nope, Nev Campbell, you're now the lead because. But it works great because it's also like, this is the 90s. We ain't got time. Yeah. We gotta kill Drew Barrymore off. We're 12 but minutes in. Get her out of here. I, I, I honestly don't remember. I think I did know going in that she died. Going I think okay. I It was okay. like a miracle I managed to see Sixth Sense unspoiled. I knew there was a twist. Didn't know what it <laughs> that was. That makes one of us. <laughs> Famously, only one of us went Just into real it unspoiled. Quick, I don't think I've told this story on the pod before. I think you but have, I, but I don't remember oh, what. We yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll make it real quick then. But also because I don't think... Six Sense would make an episode. I don't think there are any other alternate casting options off the top of my head or not enough to make an episode of. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll look into it. Um, but my <laughs> my dad saw the movie and was telling me, he was like, Jeff, I just saw this great mo- new Bruce Willis movie, The Sixth Sense. I'm like, oh, wow. He's like, so th- he's like, there's all this, this kid that can see ghosts. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. He's like, and Bruce Willis is like, college just trying to help him like not see the ghosts. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Well, maybe, oh, I'll, I'll see it. I'll see it. So it's like, okay. And then this happens. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to see it. So you don't need to keep telling me the plot particulars it's like and then at the end he's dead the whole time and you're like father (laughs) father no i was like i feel like 
that's something I should have experienced in the moment. So I never cared for Sixth Sense. When I thought, <laughs> well, well, from the jump, I was like, yeah, he's dead. I get, like right from the jump, I'm like, once you know it, it's, it's so obvious. Yes. You're like, this is dumb. People got fooled by this. Although, of course, if I had just seen it not knowing, I probably would have got fooled by it. You would have got duped. Um, but I did not get a chance to get duped. because Regardless, I don't think I went spoilers. in... Uh, dupable. I think I went Ooh, in. The indupable. The indupable, <laughs> as I am uh, always known. So I don't remember. I just, but I will say watching this first sequence this time, I think I said to you, I was like, oh, this explains why I hate doors oh, that are mainly, mainly like glass, glass doors. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, growing yeah. up, like sliding glass doors, I never particularly liked. And then like you hear about serial killers in the seventies and the way they were able to operate sliding glass doors, baby, those things are not, (laughs) they're easy to break into. But so like looking at all these, even this like nice house where it's like, they've got real locks, but it's like every door is windows. Well, also those locks don't do diddly squat when you leave as many of them unlocked as Drew Barrymore does. Such a risky move. So many of them unlocked. So many. Oh, I better lock this door. Like just, but also, also, just like you can be seen from anywhere in the house. I was like, absolutely not. Draw the curtains. Give me heavy draperies. I don't want anybody seeing me while I make my jiffy pop. Yes, let me do a full Sunset Boulevard. Let me just like <laughs> cover all the curtains, cover the windows. It's let me hide so away. Real. It's so Does real. anyone even live here anymore? Who knows? <laughs> Can't kill a person you don't know is alive. Is my what, philosophy. What's your favorite Norma Desmond movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is my kind of niche. Yeah, that's is that. Yeah, what would they be? So, if, if the person's calling you and me, Joe, what? Because it would not be what's your favorite scary movie. What would they? What's your uh, favorite episode of Fairy Tale Theater? Is that? Okay, is that no, a, I mean they could say like, "What's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock?" And then we could have a okay, conversation. We okay. have a lengthy conversation on the phone where they finally get bored and hang up. <laughs> Because I just won't shut up about like Vertigo versus, I don't know, North by Northwest uh, versus the merits of Rebecca, you know? Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, look, I, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I'll try again tomorrow. No, listen, no, listen. Okay. Oh, okay, fine. What? That famous okay. shot, like they're pulling in and they're yes, moving the yes, camera yes. back at the same time while they zoom. Okay, like, look, look, cellie, now people my, use uh, that all over creation and they don't credit Hitch for that. Or I, I, I guess it was technically a okay, cinematographer. Look, look, I, I, I'm, I'm crouched in a bush for 20 minutes. I'm losing well, feeling in my legs. be there. I, I, okay, look, my cellular phone now, battery is dying. Watch, I, vertigo. Beep, In a movie theater, while beep, you have mono, and you okay. watch the Saul Bass credits, it feels like you have vertigo too. I know this from personal. You still there? What talking about? <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm gonna go find someone else. Okay, instead. bye. <laughs> oh, brother! All right, let's. Uh, and and I I I guess I've seen this once. I but I don't remember if I've seen this. From start to finish, I feel like I've seen this maybe in bits and pieces mm-hmm. on HBO. Oh, really? You turn on the TV point. and you watch yeah. it from where it's at. I remember my friend Steve had a poster of Scream on his wall growing up, so mm-hmm. and I remember just being like, "Oh," because I, I feel like I was like probably eleven at ten or ten at this point. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I am not seeing this movie." It's called Scream. Also, well, I mean, my parents were like, well, "You're not seeing this movie," but I also had no desire. I was never like, "Let's go see a some slasher. horror films." Yeah. And a splash, a, a, spl- a, splasher. a splasher, a splasher, splash, splash, right? Beth. Well, splasher is when your horror film takes place at a water park. Is uh, it's technically and it's a splasher. Happened. 
It sure has. I, I saw Although that I, Action Park documentary. That, could, that might as well have been a slasher. Exactly. Sam. That, that kind of it. If you just put the CEO of Action Park in, in that ghost face, <laughs> oh in, in the, was it Father Death? What a name. Father Death for the name of the costume itself. Oh my gosh. I they call that. him Ghost Face. Like as the. They do? Well, like in uh, in real life, like to refer to like what is what is what, what do you is call? Because he's not, you know, he doesn't have a name, you know? He's not yeah. like Michael the Myers or yeah. Freddy Krueger or whatever. I call he's him just the like. Guy. Oh, the Scream guy. He's technically ghost face but ghost face i would say better than father death neither particular i guess father death is kind of creepy okay well how about daddy death is that better <laughs> it's me daddy death papa death pa- papa death <laughs> papa death ah he make the pizza they kill you so nice papa death the murderous pizza shop owner i'm into this i'm into this he just uses a pizza slicer like a pizza cutter yes i'm digging crisscross across your face till you bleed out they just like open they're like what's that smell the pizza oven is like some guy stuffed into it like that poisoned garlic dipping sauce well that just sounds delicious so that's how that's how (laughs) i'm gonna die in this pizza themed horror film is I'm, i'm i'm gonna like you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to lock all my doors. I'm not answering the phone for strangers, but there's some tasty garlic dipping sauce hanging out. I'm going to dip one too many pizza crusts Ooh, into this garlic dipping sauce. I'm dead. <laughs> oh, that's now me in the pizza oven. <laughs> oh, the pizza kill. Oh, gosh. What would the name be? What would the name be for a pizza themed horror film? Slice. Slice. Brilliant. <laughs> it's just called Slice. Ah. <sighs> That's it. It's That's good. it. Okay. Well. Copyright and almost starring Slice. Watch there be already like four <laughs> movies called Slice on IMDb and two of them be pizza themed. They probably are. And you know what? We're just not slasher watchers, so we don't know. That's a good point. Uh, uh, so, but let's talk about this slasher, shall we? So spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Scream or you ain't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. High school student Casey Becker receives a phone call from an unknown person during which they discuss horror movies. However, the caller turns sadistic and threatens her life and reveals that her boyfriend Steve is being held hostage on her patio and demands she answer questions about horror films to save him. And she gets one wrong trick question on Friday the 13th. Is it a trick question? Well, the killer in Friday the 13th is technically not Jason Voorhees. It is his mother. That's what I'm saying. It's not really a trick question. Well, it's a trick question. Even I know that, and I've never seen it. Whoa, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, subsequently. I didn't know that you did yes. know that. Well, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Well, but, you know, you're uh, you're you're answering questions in an extreme situation now, here. Now, look, I would be a disaster. I would not be a good, in this moment when she's like, I can't think. I was like, ah. strongly resonate like i get it your brain just going blank so i do get it yeah i mean because i i I would know that as well and i I think i think there's like another (laughs) i think jason Voorhees like dies quote unquote for good in the fourth one and then in the fifth one it's like he's back and at the end you're like nope it's in this ambulance driver named roy the whole time who just is a copycat of jason Voorhees. and then they bring jason Voorhees back as like a supernatural monster man in the next one but that you could have done also like who's the villain in friday the 13th part four it's like it's jason like wrong it's everyone's favorite it's roy, roy the emt <laughs> roy the emt uh so yes he has to answer these questions. She gets it wrong. Steve gets I murdered. I suspect they were going to kill them both no matter what. Well, I, I just keep asking questions until they get one yes. wrong. You get like more and more obscure That's my films. thinking. Quite possibly. Maybe, maybe we would have gotten to Roy. If she got that one right, they would have been like, well, who's Ooh. the killer in uh, the second one? Jason Voorhees. The third uh, one? Jason Voorhees. The fourth one? Jason Voorhees. The fifth one? 
Roy, damn it. Okay, we need a new franchise. Uh, 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 okay, Stu, I mean, uh, other ghost face. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just me, just me, just me. It's just me, it's only one of us. Yeah, it's only only one of me, not us, me. In uh, <laughs> Sleepaway Camp 2. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I don't know about Sleepaway Camp 2. I don't that's know true. I know it exists. Camp I don't know about one. it. I know, I know enough about Sleepaway Camp 1. <laughs> Uh, but yes, her boyfriend Steve gets murdered and she refuses to answer any more questions, uh, which also, which I, I forgot, is like, that's also, that's, that's your trick question, is the one, which door am I at? Yeah. Because there's, there's two, two of, of them. them. So either way, they're gonna get her. Um, and she gets murdered. The audience is a gog and a gag and a gas that he killed off Drew Barrymore, who we thought was our lead. It's the- Drew Barrymore in 1996. Yeah. She's a huge celebrity. Yes. Yes. It was sh- 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 shocking, I imagine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of moment that you do want to be like, you want to experience that in theaters because it is like, With I, I, people. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, the following day, the news media descend on the town and a police investigation begins. Meanwhile, Sydney Prescott struggles with the impending first anniversary of her mother's murder by her lover, Cotton Weary. Uh, Lee of Schreiber. Okay, we, you should clarify the pronouns there. Her mother was yes. okay. murdered her mother by- was having an affair. With Cotton Weary. With this Cotton Weary. Yeah. Lee of Schreiber. Yes. <laughs> no, lo- it's just baby just, Lee of Schreiber. I didn't even recognize like him video. until the credits, and I was like, what? Uh, and Sydney like, pointed him out. Like, it was yes. him that he it was wasn't, the wasn't. Oh, the point is, it was not Sydney's lover. Right, right, right. No, no, no. It no. was the mother's lover. Yes. She was killed, the mother was killed by her own lover. Right. We meet Sydney's other classmates, including her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, her friend Tatum, Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, and their film-obsessed friend, Randy. Okay, I have to take a moment. Please take as many moments as you need. All of these people are terrible. Like <laughs> Ter- terrible, pe- terrible people. Like terrible as characters or everything. Okay. All of the above. They are terrible humans. They are terrible, like terribly written. Like written to be annoying, but then also overperformed. I mean, you you did go to high school. Like I don't know. I feel like they're high schoolers. I'm. Not, this is how I would guess high schoolers would react. If there was a murder, no, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, not, I'm, tr- I'm truly not even talking about the behavior of what they do with like the scream masks and stuff. I'm talking about just how no, annoying no. they are in conversation. I mean, even that, I'm like that to me. That is, I remember is like that. That is, we were that annoying in high school. Yes, but they're also. I just feel like it's so commented upon by the actors, by the performances, like, like. Matthew Lillard, I'm like, what are you? He has some great moments. And then the rest of them, I'm like, could we take it down to to a nine from the 12? No, no. Well, clearly not. But I was well, just like, I, I mean, can't that's partially, even, I that's like why you have it. hired him because that is what he is bringing. So that's clear. That's the energy that they wanted. I, I don't know if they were pushing him to also bring I that. I suspect that they largesse. were. I suspect that they were. And it's an actor who they know can do that. But it just it did not feel lived in. It felt like which like that's fine if that's also like the performance the character is putting on. But we never no. get to see. Because This is the year after Hackers in terms of Matthew Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's pretty he's pretty big. In, pretty uh large in that as well i so, just felt like so many of the characters were completely unredeemable yeah although i would uh you know i mean on the one hand it's like well her friend tatum is still clearly tatum's okay Sid, tatum's okay trying to take care of her but on the one hand it's also like you know you kind of most of these characters are either going to get killed or almost killed by the end of the film and part of it is like i don't, I don't know i feel like there is like a certain with horror slashes like you don't want it to be a 
bummer of a film. You don't want like, God, this character that I really liked is getting killed and now I'm sad. You want characters that you're kind of also on board with getting killed. But it wasn't fun for me, I guess is what I'm saying. I hear you. It was so aggressively annoying that it wasn't fun as opposed to like Stu specifically specifically Stu and Randy Randy. although Randy by the end of the film I was more on board with but I was just like oh like it was just and and Billy I mean what a well yeah oh we'll get to that but like (laughs) just all of them I was like how are you like you look at like like some of the characters in like Veronica Mars Mm -hmm. that are awful and yet it's fun like yeah. I, I'm like I will watch Ryan Hansen be a dirt bag for truly hours. You know I will watch Jason. So Jason, so Jason Dork, so Logan as uh, as Billy and Ryan is, Hansen as Stu. Is are these your picks? Jason. Well, I actually don't have Ryan Hansen in here, but that's that's on me. But do I have Jason Doring in my picks? Absolutely, I, see I that. do. I could see that kind of a one for one. I could see Kristen Bell as your. Yes, as your I mean actually, yeah. If we do a nice one to one, I'm not I'm not opposed. You know, but like. It's just like that's done with like they're still so outlandishly ridiculous, but it you has get more Max nuance. Greenfeld as <gasps> Dewey. Oh, you bring Leo back. Oh. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we're not even at the fantasy casting portion. Already, we've made this movie better. But like Amanda Seyfried as a uh, as Tatum. As Tatum. Okay, all right. They've got the same eyes. They got the same giant eyes. Yeah, Rose McGowan and Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I'm saying is it wasn't yeah. as fun for me as I know sure. it can be when you're playing into this like kind of like archetype. I get it. That's all I'm saying. They're terrible. That's all I'm saying. I get it. Also, They're I think Kristen Bell does. I think she's a cameo in the Scream Four. That that seems about the right timeline. And like for the that. opening, that's like she's like the surprise. Like, oh, is she the lead of this? Oh, nope, she's dead. Did <laughs> did. Uh, so yes, we meet all of them, and uh, Sydney is. Oh, that's right. While while waiting at home for Tatum to arrive, Sydney receives a taunting phone call, which is when I had to write down your quote as this happened was, <laughs> "Wait till Tatum comes over, you nerd." <laughs> Which why <laughs> that makes her a nerd to be and to be talking with a strange number. I don't know. Uh, but I had I, caller ID by this point in life. OK, like well, the caller ID like shot through the roof after this film. Oh, I'm sure. But like, truly, it's like, I think we had caller ID by this point in time. I don't know. Maybe we didn't. Or maybe, it- you know what? We used to get this one really weird recurring recurring. We would get this repeated wrong number. Uh, at our home that was always asking for skipper and like they would often be like i never really like i would always hand off the phone to my mom mm-hmm. or whatever because it was like it wasn't like oh whoop like they would call a lot i i need to figure out like how often it was because it did feel like a lot because skipper is such a weird name yeah. and sometimes i feel like they would be like drunk or something so we must have been like one number off from yeah. them or an old number if it was like or an old number yeah. but we'd have this like this you had it for when we forever. moved we kept the same it phone must be number. one number off then yeah because we had it from like our old house into our into our new house like it was years I'm just trying to call my dog skipper. skipper i'm in college and my dog is with my parents i miss skipper of course, then, as soon as I was, like, getting into Cat on the Hot Tin Roof, I was like, oh, this took on a whole <laughs> new level. it's a Tennessee Williams reference. Well, Skipper, he's dead. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, it, it's, like, that kind of thing. We were, like, very glad to have it because then we could screen the call and be like, oh, just sure, don't answer the course, number. Because then the answering machine will go through and they'll be like, oh, this isn't Skipper. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they do because I never I never saw th- Scream 3 or Scream 4. So I don't know what they do by the time you get to Scream 4 in terms of, like, It just says killer. Oh, all right. 
my day. <laughs> the color the color. It's like um, possible junk. <laughs> possible junk. Possible junk caller. Possible, possible scam. Possible uh, spam. Yeah, they, don't have, they didn't have that till just like three years ago when That's suddenly true. we had robots. Well, they're making calls. a fifth scream, so it's got to be oh. probably. I'm curious. We'll see. We'll see what they do. How they, uh, you know, is it, is, it, is it all through email? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's all through TikTok. Oh, scream through TikTok. Perfect. Just what I needed. Look, to trolls, not see your film. that's where trolls are now is in the comments section. So, you know, that's true. This is very true. So after Sydney hangs up, she's attacked by the killer, but evades them. Billy arrives shortly after. But after he drops his cellular phone, Sydney suspects. As him. said by the like sheriff or that's deputy, so whoever. What are you doing with that a cellular, cellular telephone? Cellular telephone. <laughs> Please call me by my first and last name. <laughs> uh, so Billy is arrested and Sydney spends the night at Tatum's house where she receives another ominous call. Uh, the next day, Billy is released and suspicion shifts to Sydney's father, Neil Prescott, as the calls have been traced to his phone and he never checked in at the hotel he said he was going to on his business, business, business. Business, business, business. Okay, we also haven't said, and I think it is... Uh, an important uh, feature is that like Billy has been wanting to progress things physically in his yeah. relationship with Sydney. And she's like, Hey, I was traumatized by the rape and murder of my mother. Like I need to maybe chill it on that front. So like, we're already a little inclined to be suspicious of him because it's, I mean, not even suspicious. Like I get it. You're in high school and you're maybe not as attuned to like yeah. all of, all of the nuances of grief and, and also, you know, respecting personal boundaries. And it seems like he's being respectful, but also really not, right. you know? Yeah. Which so, is fun. It's fun because it feels like it's, it's so purposely like it's him like yeah. he's a creeper he has now he's dropped the cell phone but look then you, at his hair look at the hair but then yeah you she gets the call while he's in jail mm -hmm. which is fun that i forgot about that until later and she's like did you use your one phone call to, to call, call me? me that's good uh that's fun which is fun uh so school is suspended in the wake of the murders everyone henry winkler cheers. is like get out of here kids get out of here you crazy kids after the students have left the school the killer arrives and stabs Henry Winkler stabs poor principal. Okay, I guess Henry. Is principal, yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's not playing himself. It's not Henry Winkler. Just like, hello, kids. This is my uh, alma mater, and I'm. Uh, I, I was hoping to be here under um, uh, better circumstances. Uh, 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 unfortunately, um, there's a there's a killer on the loose. Oh no! Now he's got me. <laughs> let me let me put it back on my leather jacket. The Fonz <laughs> is gearing up to take on a killer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, he is uh, stabbed to death in his office. Tatum's boyfriend Stu throws a party to celebrate the school's closure and reporter gail weathers attends uninvited to cover the situation as she expects the killer to strike uh which we've seen gail before as well as she is just uh she's written this like book on the murder of sydney's mother so sydney like can't mm -hmm. stand it. this woman's profiting off her mother's death well and she's purporting that sydney was a liar because she believes that right she believes that cotton, cotton was is, in is, a sandwich gail is right but there, i think there is and we've learned a middle ground uh well i think there's a way to go about saying like i think this man is innocent without completely smearing the probably at that time 15 or 16 year old child of the victim you know what i mean i do i do that's true uh, so Gail arrives. I mean, also Gail Weathers. Weathers. What kind of feels like a real? Say? Doesn't she say that she's like a name of the meteorologist? Yeah. Which is at least at least they lamp put a lampshade on it. At least they're like acknowledge because that yeah. is what it's a name. really. I, I I will say what well, I won't say. I'll ask. Did she need to be written as such like a such a bitch? I believe so. I think that's. I mean, that's. Well, we'll get into it. That's why Courtney Cox wanted the role because she's. And they didn't want her for it because mm. they're like, oh, you're just nice 
nice, nice Monocon friends. Like you can't, they oh, no, specifically like want her be, to be a complete. I feel like she could be like a hard hitting, like serious minded, like I take no crap from nobody kind of thing without it being like these kind of clunkily written one liners that make her out to be cruel, you know, like. I, I agree. Well, I think that that is like the arc is that she is the sure. worst. And by the end, she's going to help save Sydney. Yeah. Um, and as like the, the franchise goes, because she's then continuing to be in these, that mm-hmm. she's also growing as a character and is like, I'm so right. important, but I'm like now a better person from where she starts to where she ends. So I think that's, I actually think that's like a fun that you like, yeah. Totally. Let, and also, cause you're like, well, what if she was the killer? You know, you have, yeah. which we'll get, you now have a, uh, also Tatum's brother, deputy sheriff Dewey Riley, which is like the, who has like kind of a crush on Gail Weathers and the two of them like peel off and you're like, okay. He's the, nicest person in the whole movie he is but if you're like if you don't know anything and you're seeing this they peel off and i'm like okay it feels like is what is one of them in danger like is one of them in on it you know oh totally Um, well i think we're supposed to think that my my i don't mind her being totally opportunistic and very laser focused but to me it felt like a, a kind of like 90s way of being like any woman who wants to get ahead behaves like this you know it just didn't again like Stu, did not feel like grounded and yet didn't feel heightened enough to truly be like funny it just felt like i was like this is okay fine just like one too many things where it's just like who who he talks like that this is a kevin williamson snappy screen i don't know who kevin williamson is he's the writer of scream and the faculty uh okay but so which is also a very meta take on in Mm -hmm. that case like sci-fi horror uh i i hear your complaints but this is also a 1996 like horror film an r-rated film but geared towards babies geared towards teens so True. like i think it's like we're going a little You're more right it's gearing it toward the high we're school we're not here element. for nuance we are here for like and this reporter she's bad but Still now think, she's good I don't think you could do it and it could just a few adjustments and it's a lot better that's all i'm saying i have some notes well, well maybe a different app performer it would live better on maybe a different performer could I have some sell thoughts. the uh slash i also have like some adjustments for the screenwriter but yes dewey riley deputy sheriff dewey riley also arrives to look out for murderers at the party the killer corners tatum in the garage and murders her by crushing her neck with the garage door she's trying Ugh, to climb this out is yeah that's a great like prosthetic that they use or uh oh, dummy yeah. or whatever they use for like the head getting like, like yeah. squished off it's like yikes uh billy arrives to speak to sydney privately the two wind up having sex which are also playing with like the, the whole like you know the, only the virgin like survives. yeah very cabin in the woods Right, you're Cabin playing in the woods is something that does an incredible job of subverting the genre. I would argue that Cabin in the Woods wouldn't exist without Scream. Though. I think that's true. This is the first, but movie it's a lot to smarter really breakdown. Yes, but I think this is laying the groundwork. This is no Scream one had seen to anything walk like this. So the Cabin, Cabin in the, the Woods, woods could, could fly. fly. <laughs> uh, so Dewey and Gale investigate uh, an area nearby and find uh, the car of neil of sydney's dad so they Mm. have to run back uh also most of the party attendees then what a reason to leave the party is like hey did you hear the principal's dead and strung up on the goalpost let's go check it out before they take it down see these are some dark twisted kids they are look i i don't know there was a shooting at my high school No one was behaving like this is all I can say. You know what I mean? Like the real humans, we were all deeply traumatized and very few of us actually saw this person who took their own life. Like 
and those that did, it was not, no one was like showing off about it. You know what I mean? So I see right. something like this and I'm like, of course, uh, sure. I get it. But this is, this is, you know, this is a film designed to entertain. I, I get it. You but know, it was also like, wow, kids. Right. This isn't like a serious film about. <laughs> what a film <laughs> to just drop right there. Well, it isn't. <laughs> you know what? You're so right. Continue. Uh, also, this whole scene, this party scene near the end of the film runs for 42 minutes long, and it was shot over the course of 21 nights. Wow. 21. It's like a month-long party, from baby. sunset to the time it rose. And oh. after, like, what a nightmare to shoot that many nights. Like, you, you, you'll go crazy just being Yeah, like, you're a vampire. For three yeah. weeks, you're just shooting the same party. But always, like, you never, you'll never see the sun. No. You won't see the sun for this month. And after it wrapped, the crew had T-shirts made that read, I survived scene 118. <laughs> <laughs> and they jokingly called it the longest night in horror history. That's great. Uh, so after having sex, Sydney and Billy are attacked by the killer who appears to kill Billy in front of Sydney. And Sydney well, narrowly something escapes. something about the way you're saying it makes me think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Sydney narrowly escapes from the house, seeks help from Gail's cameraman, Kenny, but the killer slashes his throat. Gail, uh, yes, Gail and Dewey are on the way back. Gail tries to escape in her van, but drives off the road to avoid hitting Sydney and crashes. Meanwhile, Dewey is stabbed in the back while investigating the house, and Sydney takes his gun for protection. Stu and Randy appear, accuse each other of being the killer, and Sydney rightfully is just like, screw you both, and locks them both out of the house. That was legit a great moment where they're like, it's him, he's gone crazy, it's him, he's a psycho, you know, and you're like, I don't know who to believe, because so many suspects have just died off. Whether or not both of you are the killer, one of you is the killer, or neither of you is the killer. I don't Goodbye. want either of you in this house. Absolutely. I don't want to deal with either of these characters. These characters are just the, the worst. They are the most obnoxious True. of the films. Uh, and purposefully so. It's also so you get this moment. Although I guess whatever. Maybe you're supposed to like Randy. I hate Randy so much. He's such I hate a creeper. Him. Truly by the end, I hate him a little bit less. But I think it's because he is like uh, making an actual effort by the end. Um, I think he's only making efforts of trying to get into Sydney's pants. That's true. I was thinking to survive. But sure. Well, yes. to survive. Sure. Yeah. No, he's disgusting they're all awful sydney get new friends well luckily by they're by the by the sequel she has to she's literally forced to get new each movie she has to get new friends because all of her friends keep getting killed oh gosh this poor this poor woman and her therapy bills uh so sydney retreats into the house where she finds billy wounded but still alive and she gives billy the gun before letting randy into the house and billy shoots randy and reveals that he feigned his injuries it's corn syrup and red dye just like the blood and carry and Stu shortly outs himself as an accomplice as well and they're like it was us the whole time billy and Stu." And they we get their whole uh master plan here which is to kill everyone and make it look like they're the only survivors so and blame it on Sydney's dad so that they can be like, we're now going to profit off this of being yeah. like the heroes that lived. Now, this scene is where Matthew Lillard's performance starts to make sense to me. Yeah. This scene is where I'm like, you living at this pitch, at this velocity works. He has, I think, some of his best moments in this scene, moments that made me laugh out loud. And I'm going to guess that all those moments that made you laugh out loud are Matthew Lillard improvs. Well, I don't know, because I don't know what they were, but I'll bet they were. Well, I'll say off the bat, so him uh, getting whacked with the phone by Billy, because <laughs> Billy just like we realizes. We that twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So they, uh, yeah, because Gail shows up and they have to like deal with her and they turn back like Sydney is gone and she's mm-hmm. taken Neil, the, uh, the dad. Well, Neil's still on the ground, but she's taken like the voice changer oh, that right. they use and the phone. 
uh, and is hidden away and then is calling them. Um, she did al- take the dad though. They went and hid in the basement or something. No, she didn't take the dad. She could, she, t- she didn't take the dad. Cause then he like fell out of the basement too. At the end. The basement? Or was she in, or was he in, in the closet? closet? He's closet. in the closet. Okay, Regardless, she got the they, yeah, they yeah, go yeah, back yeah, into yeah. the kitchen and they say, where right, did right, they right. go? Yeah. Right, right, right. But she, yeah, she, so she's calling them to be like, you know, like, what's your favorite scary? I'm hiding now. You got to find me. Uh, <laughs> he, Billy throws the phone at Stu to be like, you talk to her. He's like, how you hit me with the phone, you jerk. Uh, so that was an improv, but Wes Craven left it in because it's like, what's well, that is so, so funny. real. And he also improvised the line when he's just like, Sydney, did you really call the cops? She's like, yeah. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. And that is perfect. That was like, those so two funny. moments were my so favorites. Two, the two moments that I laughed out loud, out loud while watching. And I do think, yeah, it's partially yeah. like, so that tells me a lot about like it being the screenwriter more than the actor. But like this, this whole sequence, I was like, he should be, real, villains should be taking this for a walk in this yeah. scene. Yeah, which they really are. I do, oh, they're I do think that they are very fun. I think they're the most fun in this scene. It's 100%. hard. It's hard when you're the killer and it's like you, but you've, gotta like the balance of like you don't want to telegraph things but you want to have fun Mm -hmm. with it Mm -hmm. um but i think they're very successful in this whole ending sequence sequence. they're very very fun oh also i should say that they reveal that they murdered sydney's mother and framed cotton for it as sydney's mother was having an affair with billy's father which drove his mother away which he says earlier and he's like you gotta get like you know when my mom left us I got over it. So your mom getting brutally raped and murdered, you got to get over it's it. It's only been almost a year. It's it, like, maybe you'll never get over this. But also especially because it's almost a year. It's especially what it's like. It'd be one thing. It's like it's eight months. Of course, it's going to be awful. But eight months is different than the year the, anniversary. The anniversary, the now date. that's what I'm thinking about. Exactly. Although he's also a murderer and a psychopath. So and maybe he's not. a dreadful scumbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the scene, yeah, where they decide to stab each other, it's like before they kill Sydney. It's like no, 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 no. You gotta kill everyone else, then, and you, then stab you stab each, each other, other to make it look like oh yeah, the killer like and got then you us don't a bit, bleed but out. Die. But instead, they just keep stabbing each other. Well, they are stupid. He's <laughs> so like, I just stabbing so. you, team man. I'm dying here. Uh, he's just great. He's great in all of this. This last part is so good. Uh, and yes, yeah, so Sydney pops out of a closet and whacking Billy with his umbrella. Drops a TV set on Stu's head, which Ooh, that's is good. Good, which is good. Also, very meta. Randy is revealed to be wounded but alive, and remarks that the killer always resurfaces for one last scare. So Sydney takes the gun and shoots Billy in the head, killing him for good. Not in my movie. Well, he does wake back he up does, for one last yeah. scare. So I was like, he, he did it. But they're ready for it. It's not just like, he's dead. And then he's like, and they get scared. It's like, he's gonna wake up any second now. And then he does. And like, I'm ready for you. Ba-boom. And as the sun rises and police arrive, Dewey, badly injured, is taken away by an ambulance. And Gail makes an impromptu news report about the night's events. And we're out of there, which I'm glad we don't get six yeah. months later. And I now don't need it. Cotton Weary, released from jail, says he uh, forgives Sidney Prescott or yada, yada, yada. They were also already thinking about a sequel. So this they're like, true. let's get going. Yeah. The casting director of Scream was Lisa Beach. Beach is also cast such films as School Ties, Girl Interrupted, Election, Wedding Crashers, and Logan. So originally, Wes Craven turned down the film. He was considering distancing himself from the horror genre, Mm. and he signed on to direct after Drew Barrymore agreed to appear in the film. And because he was confronted by a boy, a little boy fan who's about 10 years old, 
and this boy accused Craven of, quote, going soft. <gasps> that he had more guts back in the day when he was making movies like Last House on the Left. And that pushed Craven over the edge, and he agreed to do Scream. He's like, this little 10-year-old is giving me crap. <laughs> You're going soft, Craven. Yes, and he, yeah, he was wearing, he had like little shorts and like a little sailor One outfit. One of those little hats that has a little like. The little beanie propeller. Yep, yep. He had a giant lollipop that he's licking Listen, on. Listen, Craven. Mr. Craven, Mr. Craven, I'm a big fan of your movies, but um, why'd you go so soft? You had more integrity back in the day, see? <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. You used to scare, your films used to scare me when I was maybe a baby, when I was like five. When I was a very little baby. But now, wow. boring. Turns out who needs peer pressure? I mean, can you just have child He's pressure? A mean 10 year old. <sighs> uh, um, but besides Wes Craven, or maybe even before Wes Craven, they, so many people were considered for this. Quentin Tarantino wanted to direct this film. Mm. He said, I could have imagined doing the first scream. Uh, but the wine scenes were trying to get Robert Rodriguez to do it. Oh, that's would, right. We did boo when the producer credit came on the yes, screen list. Now, absolutely. Just so you know. Absolutely. But Robert Rodriguez would then do Kevin Williamson's next film, The Faculty. Ah. He would direct that. Uh, and Tarantino said, like, I don't even think they thought I would be interested. Uh, but ro- besides them, Robert Rodriguez, Danny Boyle, George A. Romero, and Sam Raimi were all considered to direct. And the writer, Kevin Williamson, said that they didn't get it. He was concerned that having read the script, many of the directors believed the film to be purely a comedy. Um, And ironically enough, Robert Rodriguez would direct the footage for the fictional in-universe film Stab. So I don't know if that means, because once you start with the second film, there's like the movie based on the events of this one. So I don't know if he directed, maybe he directed the footage for that. But but I don't know if in Scream 2 or maybe in Scream 3 or Scream Mm -hmm. 4, because after this, then there's always a stab film. I think Parker Posey is like the star of one of the stab films in the third one, if memory serves. So that's all fun. But uh, I I mean, it's Wes Craven. He's such a horror icon, such a master of horror. So I I think he does a great job with this. I don't know. It's like a real slasher film, but it's also a comedy. Right. Like, I feel like if you got... Well, I mean, George Romero's, I feel like it's also pretty similar, but Sam Raimi, I love Sam Raimi and Tarantino. I can't imagine Tarantino doing this. That no. seems, he always is like, yeah, I'll do a Star Trek. I'll do Screams. Like, you never are. I'll believe it when I see it. You only do your own original yeah. ideas or, you know, mishmashes of other older films that right. are technically original ideas. Um, but I can't, I can't imagine a Tarantino scream. Um, but let's get into the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. I'm a little bairn. So let's kick it off with Sydney Prescott. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Nev Campbell? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think she does an excellent job. It's Nev Campbell. She was a 90s staple, you know. Um, I feel like The party she, of five. She's the party of five and one you know um she she's one fifth of the party of five and she's got she's got the star power i don't know where i'm going with this point is um (laughs) she i totally buy her as someone who's like sensitive overwhelmed by the life circumstances that she's currently going through and then like still can like you know hold her own against what turns out to be multiple killers multiple times you know that's very fun. Very fun at the end to see her like yes. fighting back. I, I will say that's one of the things that this film, because I, I, I don't know if I can't think of any horror film before this that did that of how much the killer 
eats shit yeah. all throughout this film. All how much this killer is getting whacked in the face or getting tripped, tripping over people. Kicked in the gut, you know. The gut. Yeah, you do, this does not happen to Michael Myers right. or Freddy Krueger, you right. know. They're just in, in like unstoppable yeah. killing machines until they're not, you know, opposed to this where it's like this is a human. They're so human, but it's like it's great. It, it, in some part, in some ways it's scarier and in some ways it helps relieve the tension because yeah. it's also kind of funny that this person trying to kill you just goes ass over tea kettle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her, I always remembered her bursting out of the closet and just like whacking him in the chest with an, the pointy end of an umbrella. So good. Is so good. Yeah. You were like, I'm just warning you, there's going to be a jump scare here. I was like, we know who the killers are at this point. A jump scare is good. Well, that was me war- trying to warn you when the, when I could recall when there were jump scares. Yeah, I you think tend was, not to like, ju- jump scares is what really this was also startles the, you the, the first, first time seeing a film. This was the first jump scare you remembered to warn me about. <laughs> well, and I was it's been like, a while since I seen No, I know. And I was like, at this point, I was like, no, 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 now we're good. Because if it's a jump scare, it's going to be Nev Campbell like coming out. Right. Well, I warned you that's, that uh, uh, that's true. Tatum was going to die in the dog. And I was like. In case you're like, well, but you could also be like how does this person die like what are they gonna no, die that's this true, moment that's true. This but moment, i was like it's like, pretty oh, right, obvious gonna, she's well, yeah. gonna die in this scene and blah 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 but anyway um i thought she was lovely um i was like other people who were like around her age who i who could also have been bringing similar or interesting qualities like jennifer Connolly is obviously oh, a wonderful yeah. actor i think she's oh, a couple wow, years yeah. older um but she's like the same age i think she feels close to the same age well i think all the i think she's like a little older maybe like 1970 and nev campbell's 1973 okay. but like all the boys are 1970 so it's hmm. like they're all they're all too old to be playing oh, yeah. parts you know they're all in their early mid-20s but like um regardless like i think like she she's excellent like she's also we know she can act um i thought gabrielle union would be oh, fun and now yeah. uh, she is a survivor of sexual assault uh oh. she very openly talks yeah. about it in her her memoir which is excellent i think it's called we're gonna need more wine um anyway i recommend it but um not that that's exactly what this character is dealing with, but the mother is dealing with it. So there's some complicated stuff there. But I do think that she would, she's like, she's someone who, when I see on screen, she's just like got such a like spine of steel, but like a lot of like, like a heart and charisma like that. I think yeah. would like stand her in good stead in this. If we're making it, you know, maybe like five, 10 years ago, maybe an Ana de Armas would be interesting to me. You know, yeah. someone who like, again, what's great about like Ana de Armas and Knives Out is you don't expect her to be someone who's able to fight back in that way, but she does. And I yeah. think that that's one of the things that's successful about Neff Campbell in this performance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are my, those are my main thoughts. I love it. I was mainly thinking of other people around the time. I was kind of shocked to see that Nev Campbell, only two years younger than Winona Ryder, considering when Winona, like when Heather's was, like when we were like, when Winona's doing mm-hmm. high school films in the 80s. But Winona was also like, she was so young in Beetlejuice, you know? That's true. And I guess she was so young. I guess I, I'm not, Jennifer I didn't Connelly, look to see how old she was in Heather's, but I'm guessing it was like teens then, I guess. I, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying is that I'm surprised yeah. that she's only two years older. But you look at like Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth, that's like well, yeah, a that's decade a, a, before this film. child. But she's, yeah, but she's like, yeah, an actual like, middle schooler baby, though, not yeah. high schooler, yeah. I, I think. But either way, I could see Winona Ryder. If this was a, done a little earlier, I think it's a similar energy. Uh, I could see young Hilary Swank, I, I oh, think would be oh, totally, totally. energy. If this was made a little later, I could see an Amy Adams. Or actually, I could see, I think Kristen Bell. I, I could see yeah. actually Kristen Bell totally. giving like around Veronica Mars if this film came out in the early aughts instead. Yeah. 
totally. that's what I'm, I'm five what I years want. later. This is a Kristen Bell picture. Yeah. Right. Nev Campbell was originally going to say no to the film because she is especially afraid of horror movies. But when hearing her co-star from the craft Skeet Ulrich mm-hmm. was going to play Billy, she agreed to be in the film. Aww. Yeah. Well, that's nice. That that's clearly, nice, clearly got along well. A creep in those movies. Well, that's you know? good to know that. I guess he was at least during the craft acting great to work. Well, also just like a good guy to work yeah, with to be like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll this, I'm definitely, I know Especially you. Especially if like a ton of your scenes are going to be with this guy. Yeah. That's fun. I, you know what? That is one of the fun things about acting is you're like, well, if I get to work with someone, so it'll be a real hoot. Yeah. So I'll do it. So originally cast in this role, Drew Barrymore. Oh, uh, go on. But she had scheduling conflicts so she was gonna have to pull out and instead they worked it so like oh what if she plays casey that's brilliant though that and that ended up being one of the most like iconic things about the movie yeah that's great and so she still gets to be in it in a again incredible when people think of scream they think of drew barrymore before they think of nev campbell at least scream one well i guess i mean i, I well i feel like now it's hard because you've got so many screen movies at, at the time True. i think it you definitely would be like that's what you're picturing i think of her with great the bob on bob. that giant yep. uh, cordless phone <laughs> the jiffy pop blowing up on the stove mm. uh it's true selma blair auditioned that totally Gigant. makes sense i still see that selma blair totally. and nev campbell i've never mistaken for one another no. but there is a certain you can see that they were probably in a lot of the same yes. like casting piles of yes. headshots uh, instead this is early in some of Blair's career i think this is like her the year of her first film credit which was an episode of adventures of pete and pete because <laughs> then the next next year she's uncredited in one episode of the dana carvey show and playing pretzel cart lesbian in something called the broccoli theory so this is before some before cruel intentions before some of the was like you're good <laughs> well before you were in things that we know what they are yeah <laughs> um i know adventures of pnp i know data carvey show but i do not know the broccoli theory uh melissa joan hart auditioned as she has in every single thing we've ever covered in the 90s, the late 90s that's like set yeah. like in a high school uh i just i it's so fun. i spent so much of my youth just loving melissa joan hart between clarissa explains it all and sabrina i just like she charted so much of my like yeah adolescence was watching her on tv yeah but i'm never thinking like yeah she'd have been great in this movie and i loved her on those shows but i just uh part of me you know i could see her more as a tatum yes I could see it's also the blonde. It's like I that's I'd be more, which I guess you, of course you could dye someone's hair. I think and Rose also, McGowan dyed her hair blonde so, because her hair is normally darker. Yeah, but there uh, are wigs and also there's acting. Drew and blonde that blonde Bob on Drew Barrymore as yes. we said. Uh, but I think that I think I could see her more as a Tatum than as a Sydney. Uh, Brittany Murphy auditioned. I was wondering about that. Yeah, I I mean I'd be very interested in that to be. Yeah, I could see that. She's a, such I a like strong that. actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Melanie Linsky auditioned, um, which is coming off of Heavenly Creatures in 95, oh. which was like the big, the, the, yeah, I was like, her I and that Kate name. Winslet. Yeah, that yeah, was like yeah. the first, and Kate Winslet, of course, went like, <laughs> and Melanie Linsky, I always love seeing Melanie Linsky pop yeah. up. Yeah. She's such an interesting Well, they were both incredible in that movie. I'm especially that film. So, oh. so, so good. Uh, which I can see, I mean, so young. So I think Kate Winslet is a few years older than her. Because mm-hmm. at the time, like she was an, like a teen teen when she like a, mm-hmm. I, like maybe 15 or something in heavily creatures so she'd be right technically for the age wise but i think it'd be weird to have her alongside 25 year olds yeah 
playing high schoolers. Yeah. And it's I, like, I you kind of like, all have to be, ca- you can buy, I mean, we're, we're, tale is old as time of casting 30 year olds to play high school, but as long as they're all the same age I or look the same age, you get away with it for all me. the, like the trio of high school boys, I want to say we're all around 25 when it yeah. would have been filming. And, and David Arquette was 26. <laughs> well, David Arquette is in high schooler. I know, but he's literally one year. No, oh, no, I see no. What you're he's I see what literally you're one year older than the rest of the actors. I you know, gotcha. whereas I Courtney gotcha. Cox is legit like a decade older than right, right, you know, right. a lot of them. She's like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like six years older, not a decade. But it's like she actually looks older than they do because she is. You know, yeah. the rest of them, it's like, yeah, I just grew my hair long and suddenly I'm sixteen no, again. I'm a baby again. Uh, well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Molly Ringwald turned it down because she didn't want to play a teen at 27. Yeah. But it's also like, there have been much, there have been, exactly, that's what I'm saying. There, you, you know that there have been older actors How playing high school. How she doing schoolers. all those John Hughes movies? I didn't realize she was that young. Well, I mean, so she was 17 in 1986. Like, that sounds about wow. the year of... Pretty in Pink or 16 Candles. It feels like 86 to 89 yeah. where that was like her run. It was like those last years of the 80s. It's wild. Like. You don't think of like actual teens playing actual teens not, typically. Not anymore. Not, not anymore. Uh, instead, she was in the short-lived show Townies in 1996 with Jenna Elfman of Darman and Greg, Lauren Graham of Gilmore Girls, Ron Livingston, and Bill Burr. So don't. I'd never heard of this, but that was a pretty good cast for your 90s show. Sure. Uh, Reese Witherspoon was approached. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like a young, young Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, I, I see her more as a Tatum. I think that's also given the body of work. We know Reese to uh, be. Yeah. Doing. Well, sure, 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 sure. And Tori spelling was considered. No, thank you. Well, of course, no, thank you. But, that you have the line in the script about <laughs> being like, oh, I saw you as like, like who would play you in the movie based Tori on this? Spelling. It's like, it was like, I saw you as like a young Meg Ryan. And it was like, yeah, with my luck, I'll, it'll be Tori Spelling, uh, who would play her in the movie Stab in Screen I Two. I remember that there was something about that. I was like, why does that like hit my brain in a way that thinks it's like more meta than I think it is. That's, that's why. especially meta. That's why. Yeah. Oh my uh, so instead, Tori Spelling didn't have time to do scream. Just listen to these movies that she was doing instead in 1996. Okay, I'm listening. Deadly pursuits where a, she's a former, uh, this is the plot, a former stripper befriends a young man looking for his father, all the while trying to avoid a hitman for the mob, played by Munch from SVU, Richard Belzer, to whom she is deeply in debt. She also had co-ed call girl. Thanks to a roommate's practical joke, bookish college student Joanna Halbert finds herself signed up with a Malibu-based escort service. Her initial annoyance turns to curiosity when she visits the boss's beach house and is soon captivated by the seemingly glamorous lifestyle. Before long, however, she realizes that glitz and money go hand in hand with exploitation and sleaze, and it may be too late to get out. Mm -hmm. And the famous Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Yes, which I've not seen, but I know of. Yes, where she is trying to sleep with danger. And, you know, her mother, she's got to ask permission from her mother. And we'll see if her mother says yes Mm -hmm. or or nay. uh yeah we're off i mean this movie would have bombed tori spelling come on what are we talking here no we're, we're talking uh uh nepotism no kidding no 
kidding. Aaron's the Aaron Spelling Dynasty that is given Tory Spelling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many rules uh but let's move on to gail so okay what your thoughts on courtney cox and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else here's the thing i i think she's like perfectly fine in this role you know but i i I do wonder if a different actor could have sold the same dialogue differently Mm -hmm. or if maybe they could have judged the dialogue i don't mean to make her nicer but i think there's a way of making her again like in the 90s or even today like a woman who like asks for what she wants and needs and is not polite about it can be branded a particular way without it having to be like mean. She's like mean in a way that feels very someone wrote this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying this in regards to Courtney Cox's performance or acting, mm-hmm. but to me, there is the difference of the nuance of intention of motivation so right. of so when an right. actor when they when you're when this character when they want this so bad they want to get this new story so bad and also it's like no i but cotton weary's innocent i'm sorry little girl that you're upset by that yeah. but you just sent an innocent man to prison so i'm gonna I, i'm sorry if i'm considered a bitch for this but uh an innocent man might get murdered because of you i'm thinking less about that Right. I'm thinking more about the way she talks to Kenny at the beginning. It's all the early stuff. Even within that. I'm, I'm saying yeah. that for someone that is no, short so with their right. cameraman to be like, yes, but we got to this. You're so we got to right. get this story. Like, come on, go. Also, Opposed if this to is like, just, like, this is my moment to be mean to you and then move on to the next moment. You're Opposed so to like, this is right. the moment where I mean to you. This is the moment where I mean to this character. Opposed to this. I am trying to do this. And it's and all I'm in inadvertently mean because I don't have time. It's you like, don't matter to me. If Jessica Walter was saying these lines, they'd be funny. <laughs> Because she also Jessica knows how to deliver. Walter as Gail I'm letters, not saying everything this is, I didn't know. I'm that not I saying wanted. that that should happen, but should it? <laughs> I just remembered. Oh my gosh! Last week I had a dream. Yes, Jessica Walter was in it, and she. And you were there. And, and I was there? yes, but I think I was just like, oh, I thought you had passed away, and I don't remember what it was. It was like I was. I don't think I was like making her coffee, but I think it was like something like we were on set together or something. I was so excited because I thought Jessica Walter was dead. Well, it was just a dream, people. Anyway, um, but yeah, someone like that who was like, I can take anything and make it funny. Right. Can't right. elevate that material. So okay, well, it's a difference I hear of also you. purposefully because it's not played to be funny. You know, it's not it's not a it's not comedic. That's, that's right. why I, I do think it is the difference of like, yeah. no, I'm too busy trying to get this story. Yeah. That your your so, feelings. I, I can't even clock this. my first like the first person on my list. Not, this is not like ranked in order. This mm-hmm. is just like the first person on my list. I think actually would do a lot of that that you're talking about, which is Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Very funny, in? but also the next scream movie she would i think i think she's in scream 2 she's in one of them i believe it's scream again 2. i haven't seen that sure since yeah. theaters so but like that to me is someone who i mean even though she was probably a bit young at the time but like yeah someone who she would have been like up for tatum for this yes um, but like but, thinking about yeah. her circa better off ted yes. you know that kind of like boss Criminally like underrated show better off ted and she's just I don't know a anyone delight. that knows better off ted well except for you because i made you watch that's it that's true <laughs> Two very seasons, early in our relationship and it was gone, delightful uh, but yeah she's just very like i don't understand uh these human emotions you're having you know it's kind of like that and so like yeah. just get it done you yeah. know yeah. so that feels like that would translate very well to this um in our brief discussion we've had i was thinking oh actually like a kathy moriarty would be great oh, in this part okay strong yeah. cougar energy since she's gonna fully call yep. out although wasn't courtney cox on cougar town she was cougar town she was- 
I am cougar, cougar town. But like the fact that she's like, I perform very well with the demographic of blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow, you're about to go like have a show that's all about wine and leopard print. Um, anyway, okay. So I also thought you could just fully take Nicole Kidman in to die for and oh, pop her right in here. Full crossover. Yes. It's like. That would be amazing. It would completely imbalance your film to have Nicole Kidman in this would. role, but that would be rad. Right? Um, it's a similar kind of energy of like, yeah. I've got to do whatever it takes to get the story. Also, I'm so pretty. Look yeah. at my heels, you know? Um, I thought then also like a Halle Berry, like oh, around yeah. this era, she's the right That's age. perfect around this area. Yeah. Super hot and also very like, I'm going to get what I want. Right you around know? Sharon Stone and Flintstones. Right around, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm very into that. Yeah. So actually, now that we've gone through all those, I do think even all due respect to Courtney Cox, those yeah. people might have been able to take the exi- the existing script and make it like a little more cohesive. I could see her uh, Flintstones co-star, Elizabeth Perkins. Also Elizabeth I think Perkins. would be really good. That's exactly right. Yeah. Those are some great picks. Thank I was thinking you. around this time, I mean, honestly... I think it does. It's sold more easily on Courtney Cox, but I'm more interested in her friend's co-star, Lisa Kudrow. I'm always more interested in Lisa Kudrow. But Lisa Kudrow just being a real piece of crap. Yes. That's what I want. I want Lisa Kudrow just chewing people out. Mm -hmm. Or just thinking about this time, like, okay, you want like some, a comedian, put a comedian in this role, which Mm -hmm. you're getting someone from a famous sitcom. So instead of looking up like, okay, well, who's on SNL at this time? What if you got Anna Gasteyer? <laughs> yes. That's what I want. I want Anna Gasteyer. And if this movie was made a decade or more later, you know her, you love her. I want her for everything. Mm-hmm. It was Catherine Hahn all along. <laughs> but Catherine Hahn, no, Catherine Hahn is. Catherine Hahn in Parks and Rec specifically yes. that she's like, I don't, I was already I don't there have time for you. your feelings. Um, that, she would kill it. She would murder yes. this role. The, you know what? Who would be dead? Everyone else in the movie. <laughs> Just from her acting. Yes, exactly. Uh, so yeah, as I said before, that she approached the production, to pers- Courtney Cox did, to pursue the role as she was interested in playing a, quote, bitch character to offset her nice friend's image. And that image was the main reason why the producers were initially reluctant to consider her. And she continued to lobby the studio as she felt she could play the character and her efforts ultimately succeeded. But other actors turned this down, which allowed her to get this role. Specifically, Janine Garofalo turned down the part. She was like on like in the back of my mind being like what about like janine garofalo in this part well i don't know is she doing this whole weird cougar thing um that is great and yes janine garofalo of course how can much say, of a cougar thing is she doing she's like flirting she has with that Dewey, one i know he's a grown man he's but, young but he's still a, an adult it's truly just the line where she says about like how well she performs to certain demographics of okay, men. Yeah. That is fair what enough, leads me to enough. believe it's someone who understands she works better with a younger demo of men. I gotcha. It's not a cougar. Yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotcha. quibble I gotcha. with the term. Sure, I understand sure. it's uh, sexist and annoying, but. But I agree with you. I think Jeannie Graffalo, I think she could do that. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't. She is never normally in her biggest things that I'm familiar with of your white hot American summer and Romeo Michelle's and what mystery men and whatnot. Is mm-hmm. it doing that? But I think she easily could, or you just, you shift just it. shift it ever so slightly to fit on her. Right. Uh, but I like that. I like that energy. Instead in 1996, she was doing 
the truth about cats and dogs. Oh, which was one of her more famous her big, pictures. big, like, lead movie, yeah. Uh, Larger Than Life with Bill Murray and an elephant. And she is the medieval times waitress in The Cable Guy. Oh so she had a full year. She had a full year. Uh, and after she turned it down, Brooke Shields was nearly cast afterwards, uh, and it didn't work out. That feels like Nicole Kidman adjacent I to agree. me. I agree. I uh, agree. Yeah, you're not affording nicole kidman but you could probably afford brooke shields to mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. this level of role uh and elizabeth berkeley auditioned but then was immediately turned down due to the backlash from showgirls <sighs> i hate it i know she did because she would have been great in this that same desperation that of nomi malone energy as nomi malone this. from showgirls and transplanted to this fireworks <laughs> Baby, you're a firework. Baby, you're a firework. Uh, and she was in the First Wives Club instead of 1996. That's so true. And you know what? She's great in, in First Wives Club. Splashy, great film. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Great, great, great in film, First Wives Club. Um, let's move on to Tatum, uh, Sydney's BFF. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Rose McGowan and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean, she's she's fulfilling the brief. Right. It's the best friend role and you're going to die three quarters of the way through. And she's hitting it hard, Mm -hmm. but I like her so much better than just about everyone else in this movie. Um, I mean the character and uh, the actors. I think she's, she's charming. She's funny. She's, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, my, the, I wouldn't say this is my first choice, but I think the most obvious choice for the time is Heather Graham as an alternate casting. That choice. is who I have at the top of my list. It's just Heather like, well, Graham. duh. Like that yeah. seems like the most gimme, like obvious, yeah. um, alternate casting choice. Um, if this is made like, you know, t- more recently, like, uh, this is very different. But I think the energy actually like take the same lines and it still totally works as Aubrey Plaza. It's not like the the blonde hot friend, but it's uh-huh. just like it's still your friend who's like super intense. Like she doesn't yeah. need to be blonde. Yeah. It's just the way they've styled yeah. her. You know, I think that. she's still like hot and has very uh, strong opinions about things, you know, um, this is someone who I have depending on when it was made for this role or for Gail. Mm-hmm. And that's Katherine Heigl. Like around this era, I saw her in a Disney original film. She is this. Which Disney original film? Um, it's the one where she. It's like a Freaky Friday with her sister. What's it called? My brother would know. Um, sister, sister. I don't have my Tia phone in here because it's charging. Mowry. But it's like uh, I, I, I vaguely recall what you're talking about. Although I don't remember the title of him. Yeah, some. Yeah, it, she it was and a her. She's sister, like the sister hot switch. sister right, and right, the right, right. the brainy sister. She and the brainy sister like switch places, right. and she's like, oh no. That <laughs> No, I'm I'm not used to being so hot. Now I'm smart and hot. I'm the worst. hot dress, bugger. And now I'm just stupid and homely. Dang yes. it! <laughs> I gotta learn. Um. Uh, anyway, so that makes sense to me. Around this era, Elizabeth Banks, um, oh, very yeah, funny, yeah. still doing the hot blonde thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Banks. If this is made a decade later oh, as Gail Weathers. Kill it. Murdering kill it. it. Yes. The, she's the third murderer because I'm dead. I'm yes, dead. I was thinking as I was putting this list together, I was like, a lot of these are people who like would easily grow into that role, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because um, I did think, oh yeah, Elizabeth Banks would If the kill. cast of Wet Hot American Summer was a decade younger. Oh my gosh. Imagine, imagine the comedy. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are my my main thoughts love it love it love it yeah heather graham definitely uh just because it'd be very different energy i could see like a young linda cardellini or i could see very also different a busy phillips speaking of cougar town is very different but it's still like when you're like you have like here is our quote-unquote our lead character and the best friend can 
that best friend character can fit a different types of categories. You've got like, I'm the hot best friend or whatever, or like, I'm just the really intense best friend. There's some like, they're, they're like your lead, but more so, you know, in Mm -hmm. some, in one direction. Um, or I, I really was legit when I said earlier with the Veronica Mars, Amanda Seyfried. Like if this was made oh, a, yeah. a decade no, later, totally it'd be Amanda Seyfried would be all over this. Yes. Um, so it should be so funny. Rebecca Gayhart was supposed to play the role, oh. but had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts and then would be in a scream too. Oh. So that's nice that that worked out for her, which I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Also bring in great energy to that. Uh, and Melinda Clark, who's probably best known for the OC, supposedly turned down the role because she had done a horror film a few years ago, Return of the Living Dead 3, which I'm like, you did Return of the Living Dead 3. And who who saw Return you know, of the Living Dead 3? You, you know who didn't direct it? Wes Craven. You're yeah. like, you know, it's, that's People not a big, splashy make movie. choices that don't seem like wise choices. Yeah. Although, here's the plot description of this film, and I kind of want to see this now. So, this... Here's the IMDb like plot description, I believe. This horror story involves a woman hiding out with four pastel colored poodles in a desert gas station with the loot from a heist while her boyfriend does prison time. A meteorite crashes near the station, okay. transforming the woman into an alien being with a gigantic, voracious tongue, and her poodles are transformed into four drag queens. The whole thing grows even weirder as your boyfriend escapes from prison and also encounters the meteorite as does a mute nun who is converted into a sexy drum majorette. Pursued by the prison officials who are after him, the whole group eventually come into conflict. So, wait. <laughs> wow. Wow. This took turns <laughs> that I am shocked so maybe to she be so like, interested in. No, I don't care. Everyone's saying Scream is going to be a big hit. No way it's going to be better than this. <laughs> uh, that... I kind of think I we need to watch Wait, this film. I need to look up and see who was playing these drag queens. I bet they weren't actual drag queens. I would be surprised if they were. And this is also, I've not looked into how accurate this is of a description. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone like was stoned and watched the film yeah, and then wrote like the poodles, IMDb synopsis. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, man. As far as I remember, and then it was like this crazy meteorite, man. Whoa, oh, man. Whoa. You got any chips? Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm not too familiar with Melinda Clark, so I can't speak to her for the role, but I can speak to the fact that I want to now watch Return of the Living Dead 3. Mm -hmm. Or at least read a more in-depth synopsis before renting. Mm, That's a good point. Uh, But let's move on to Stu. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Matthew Lillard and who we're talking about a little bit. And who'd you cast if you had to cast someone else? So, I mean, I've talked about it a bit, and and I, I do think I'm watching this going like I do feel like this is a performance that was also like coaxed into a into a particular direction by a director i get it um but i just wish it were a little like most of it is fine and then there's just times when i'm like could we have had it be just like just it's a lot i mean this is a a role that by nature is going to be the divisive and i feel divided But when he's great, it's so good. It hits so hard, which is, that's what pains me is being like, this isn't someone who I'm like, oh, this actor's terrible. Get him out of here. I'm like, this actor's great. He just, no. He is giving what the film has asked of him. So it's more on the screenplay and direction, in my opinion. Um, I mean, he 
an incredible Shaggy in Scooby Doo. He sure. did it in live actions. He did it in the Mystery Incorporated animated show. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think Matthew Lillard yeah. is uh, quite quite good, especially in later years. He's uh, like the Descendants and mm. things that he's very good in. So I have written here, and this is more about the character. Um, this is my notes on Stu. This guy's got no redeeming features. <laughs> um, so this guy has Gene Simmons' tongue. Oh. Um, so my my first choice is, even though he's way too young at this point, Jason Doring, who plays Logan right. Eccles. Right, right. Uh, it's a very similar type. I have a rich daddy and I'm troubled and I do things that are bad, mm-hmm. but oh, maybe I feel some kind of shame about it. And then wait, no, I don't. I'm, you know, it turns out I'm the killer, you know, which is not, that's not spoilers for Veronica Mars. It's just kind of a character template. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking of people who I've seen do similar things. But yeah, like I was going to say, because with... he is not the killer in Veronica Mars. He's endgame on Veronica Mars. <laughs> Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Um, I thought someone like, this is very different, but I was like, right. who's someone who brings that chaos energy, but mm-hmm. is actually funny? Is Jason Mantzoukas. He sure is. I I am curious to go look up what are the earliest film credits of Jason Mantzoukas? Well, what is, was what doing, was he as a, he was but, doing, what was he as a young guy on film? Because I'm just used to him with this big bushy right. beard and long hair. Because he was doing improv at this point in time. Sure. He was one of the like first people, he and like Paul Shear and that whole crew were some of the first people at UCB in yeah. New York when it was first founded by Amy Poehler, etc. Well, sure. But I just mean pre the league. Because that's the earliest yeah. thing that I've seen him in, like 2006. So like what was he doing in like the late 90s? I'm yeah. curious. And I think that he would rock this because that's someone who i'm like the chaos energy feels intrinsic to who you are you know yeah um and and it's always funny so like i feel like that's someone who i would buy like oh yeah this guy's annoying but also i get why people hang out with him because he's charming whereas like matthew lillard or Stu, i'm like get out of there how are you standing being around this you know in in high school it, we're in high school. He is tall. He is attractive in a generic, generic you're sense. Like, you, you'd be considered attractive it. in high school. I get he's it. standing there next to Randy, next to Randy Oof. Meeks. Oof. This is an attractive gentleman when he is not yeah. doing all of that with his tongue. Now, another. Or maybe for some, he's maybe even that some. more attractive. Hey, another thought that I had, which is very. Um, not like that high of a velocity, but mm-hmm. I was like, who's someone who has a lot of charm that yeah. this kind of role on it might actually be like a, a fun, like intersection of personality is Donald Faison. Yeah. Cause he's someone who's clueless. Coming yeah. right off of clueless. Very yep. funny. Yep, very yep, charming. Yep. I'm like immediately like, okay, head. all right. This guy's right. kind of a, a, kind of a douche, but Hope you know this what? This guy doesn't die in the film. And you're like, no, yes. he's one of the killers. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, he could get yeah, away yeah. with being a little annoying. Cause I find him endearing until I'm like, oh no. Right. I was wrong to think <laughs> so. As opposed to like, yes, of course, of course it's this guy. Um, so those are my my general thoughts of how to, how do how do we how do we not rewrite the screenplay right. and yet make um, this work? I know I was just trying to think of like these like what are strong like energies like this? Yeah, uh, and like I don't like this, but like if you didn't have like a young Johnny Knoxville, like I think that mm. is a similar mm-hmm. or it have it be a foreign exchange student from 
uh, from uh, uh, across the pond, Baby Russell Brand. <laughs> Stay Baby, actually, that's great. <laughs> what's the name of the? Oh my gosh, what's the name of the actor who's the lead? And you're the worst. Oh, Chris Gear. Like that kind of Chris guy. Like great. a young version of yes, that. I, there's there's a a back footed energy. So to me, it's like that's, that's true. true. He is not this like you need someone who is that id. You need id energy. You're right. You're that's what I want. You're right. Um, like a Sean William Scott. If he was a little younger in 1996, Stifler from American oh, Pie. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I, I think he's. You're getting a very similar energy. He's someone. Yeah, I'm more he's chaos. taking up space. Yeah. He's taken up a lot of space, and I guess Chris Gear does take up a lot of space. And you're the worst, but in yeah. a very different, like I'm an intellectual way. True, but uh, I do think that uh, that actor, I could see him like releasing into a slightly like larger kind sure. of uh, vibe, especially as a younger, younger performer, possibly, yeah, but. I could also see Sam Rockwell. Oh, around this time, I yeah, think yeah, would yeah, be yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. Would would he someone that's like he'll he'll go big, he'll go big yes, for your film. True. Uh, I think like this is around Green Mile is he's like Wild Bill in that film, and he's a maniac in that. Uh, or a Keegan Michael Key if he <gasps> was young. I think that he, if you like turn that to evil, oh. I. I now I long <laughs> to see like I know we saw him in Jingle Jangle as like quote unquote the bad guy, but that's not the same thing as evil. I was never concerned in Jingle Jangle. He's gonna that pull he out gonna a knife start and start stabbing. Stabby stabby. Same. Hard same. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to see. Ooh. Ooh. Like. That's like. my favorite so far. So Matthew Lillard did not plan on auditioning for this film. He was cast as to do by chance after accompanying his then girlfriend to an unrelated audition taking place elsewhere in the same building. And the casting director, Lisa Beach saw him in the hallway and asked him to audition. And he got into the role with quote, incredible ferocity. Ooh, you so, think? <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure is just like, I've got no investment in this. You're just pulling me out of the no, hall totally. to read. Sure. I'll do. Okay, great. I'll go be a maniac for you. And they're like, this is everything we need one of my dearest friends was like in a, in new york was like in a, one of the audition center buildings for something else and she like passes some uh audition room and sees like who's in the like she's it's like oh it's at such and such place and oh i know this cast director and this director like they're all pals and so like when like the monitor is out there and she also knows we're like oh can i go in and just like say hi like to her friends right and so then she like goes in in between and was like oh my goodness hi and they're all just like chatting have a great time she's like well bye and then she left the room and they were like um why don't bring why, why didn't we think about didn't bringing her in and then her. she booked the leading <sighs> role in in like this great show. it was just like that kind of thing she's like i was not thinking about right. i was going just like to chat with my friends because i was like well i'm yeah, done with my yeah, audition for this other thing and it's like you know you never if you're know. something like that where you're a known quantity already and people can be like oh oh now that you're standing in front of me i consider it. i've been thinking about yeah. it all wrong or if you're some rando in a hallway, uh, you know. Well, no, but he wasn't a rando in a hallway. He'd done some movies and stuff. Yes, but it wasn't. I don't think Lisa Beach. You know, Lisa Beach didn't cast hackers. That's what I'm saying. It's like the, I. But, but what I'm was, saying is he wasn't like a right. he was total not a non-entity. Yeah, this is very true. This he very probably true. also, you know, how many things you have to go in for before you book a thing. Like yes. Well, this is like quick digression is uh you know don't need to spend too many words on this guy but how mel gibson got cast in the first mad max is that he got into a bar fight so he like his oh face was God. like a, a pile of bruises he and showed us who he was from the and scars and so would he like someone i think the casting director like saw him or whatever and was like oh yeah because we need like 
grody like messed up looking guys for our apocalyptic road warrior movie so like you look like a bruiser so show up to audition by the time he sh- the audition his face had healed and he's like beautiful 23 mm-hmm. year old mel gibson is like oh you'll be our lead and now this is gonna make your career uh so wow it, you know, wow <laughs> yeah, wow christopher walken in the room hey. wow uh but let's get back to Stu. so one other actor who was considered freddie prince jr auditioned for the role oh his Scooby-Doo and Wing Commander co-star, Freddie Prince Jr. I don't think he would have been any better. I think he would be much worse. He, yeah. I think he would not be good at all. And I mean, I don't Freddie know Prince that Jr. I really... It's against think, Freddie Prince Jr. in this kind of character part. Yeah, no. Freddie Prince Jr. is someone who I feel like I've mainly seen in uh, trailers. So um, <laughs> I can't really speak to it other than to say... I don't yeah. think that no. I think this was the right choice no. of the two. I agree. I agree. And let's move on to Randy Meeks. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Jamie Kennedy and who would you cast if you had a guess? Anyone else? I mean, how to say I have a lot of thoughts and no thoughts at the same time. Well, I've said it. I don't I don't I honestly don't know how much of it is Jamie Kennedy and how much of it is this because I don't know this actor aside right. from this. It's pretty one note. It's a it's pretty one, very like, one I'm note. a nerd and I like Sydney. Why won't she like me? And oh, like, wait. here's the oh, movie trivia. Here's Guys, the movie everyone's stuff. a suspect, don't you know? It didn't feel like a yeah. cohesive character to me. He's a fan favorite, though. What? He's in that second one, he spoilers, he gets killed in the second one. And so they bring him back on video. He recorded a video before his death. Of course. Well, in he the would. third one, where it's like, here's the rule of surviving horror trilogies <laughs> that they bring that character whatever here's my top choice and that's tony hale <laughs> oh baby tony baby buster oh i could see that he's very I funny i can that. see someone who is like i have an obsessive <laughs> mind for trivia and sure, i'm obsessed with sure. this girl it just feels like that would be a more cohesive comedic performance character strong mm-hmm. character cohesive performance that's not like well i got this part because seth green said no You're you right. know like <laughs> it's how i feel about that um and then if this is made more contemporary, I want Manny Jacinto. Oh. Because <laughs> like this guy yeah. was like, no, I watch every every oh, scary movie. Yeah. Jason Mendoza of The Good Place. Yes. Just because if you don't watch The Good Place, you That's probably true. don't know who Manny but Jacinto he is, is. I think this guy is a comedic genius. He's so good. So funny. Arguably far too attractive to play this part. But at the same time, there are plenty of attractive people who are just like socially awkward enough. You're like, I don't. But you know, it's high school. You put, you slap glasses on someone and you like. Give them a weird part, haircut. You, give them, you part their hair weird. And give put that too, guy put like a 90s bowl cut it. or something. And like. Well, don't do that to Manny Jacinto. I don't want to, but I'm saying you could. <laughs> if you're trying to be like, how do I make this don't gorgeous joke person. about putting don't, a bowl cut on Manny Jacinto. Um, but I think he'd be so funny yeah. and and you would want him not oh, to die yeah. maybe jamie look behind you jamie oh no i'm so into the movie man oh, no I, that's <laughs> kind of fun if he's just also like a bit of like a dude like if he's a bit of a dude like a bro yeah as well but he's also like no don't you know the rules of surviving horror films oh. he's just like a bit of a bro but is also a horror film a nerd. bro nerd you would bro. have today like back then it was like oh he's a film nerd he's gotta be a nerd nerd it's like no you can be a film nerd and still be like a cool-ish guy yes yeah but obsessed with horror films yeah and it's also honestly kind of would make sense 
I mean, I guess you're like, whatever. It's like, oh, maybe he's the killer because he's he knows right. all the ins and outs of horror totally. films. But have him still be like a whatever. A babe? Man, I just said, have him be a babe. Have get, me a babe. Give us more babes in the film. Always give us more babes in the film. And by babes, we mean... <laughs> we Manny need Jason Mendoza. Manny Jacinto. Here are some thoughts that I had. I could see, because he's also in the faculty, get me Elijah Wood. That. Who's more likable than baby Elijah Wood? That baby Frodo. Those big old eyes. That baby Hobbit. We don't like want me? the Hobbit to die. Also, part of the problem with the way they've styled him is he looks just like the other guys, but a little shorter. Do you yeah, know what I mean? He's shorter and he's a ginger, so it's like you're not popular. Oh, Them's you know, the rules. Them's the rules. For 1996 I movies, them's the rules. I you're sh- you're so short and a redhead. And, well, a redheaded boy. You're redheaded girl. Hotsy tots. You're redheaded boy. Get out of here, Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see Giovanni Ribisi, I think, would, sure, would crush. Sure, sure. Made much later, Danny Putty is also giving, like, he's your He is on energy. my longer list, too. Uh, or give me Lakeith Stanfield. If this is made, like, I mean, now he's too old for it now, of yeah, course. Yeah, but yeah. if this was made a decade ago or so, like, young Lakeith, like, that's also exactly so what fun. I want I just this. don't think of Lakeith Stanfield as someone who ever gets excited about anything. You well, know what I mean? Well, it'd be different energetically, but it'd still be, like, he would just be the stoner kid. He'd the, be the stoner, stoner like, kid is like, super whoa, intense. like, you guys don't know, you don't about, know about how to survive a horror you gotta film? Know. Like, Oh, but that'd be him on the couch. Because I've very He'd famously be... not survived one. <laughs> he would be melting into the couch on edibles. Just yeah. like, at the end, like, Jamie, you got to look behind you. That's so true. Uh, like, he'd be so, like, a little out of it. Is what I would want from the Lakeith yeah. version of this. Uh, but apparently, Jamie Kennedy made Wes Craven laugh. He would improvise lines, and he made Wes Craven laugh, and that's how he got the role. Hey. Like, if you can make the director laugh, there you go. That's... Apparently, when people were auditioning for the Broadway production of The Producers, the... The rule was like they only got a call back if they made Mel Brooks laugh. Oh, but like I also I mean, say, I do think Mel Brooks is an easy laugh. Like you know, insofar as like he wants, you know. Yeah. But it's still like, yeah, you had to be, you had to make him laugh aloud, mm. and that's how you got a call back. And mm. I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of other like of SNL people as well because you also want comedies. I mean, he's too, they, uh, well, I don't know actually how old he was in 1986, but also Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. Bill I was Hader. looking around trying to think like what role he would fit in this, and I didn't quite come up with one. But I guess this is probably the most logical That'd role for him. That would probably be the most, the one that would fit the most. But if you really, if you just hopped him up on caffeine, maybe he could be a stew. I, I, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to. I want to see Bill Hader in everything. Oh, sure. Love Hader. Uh, as for the actors who were actually considered, Brecken Meyer auditioned. That's unsurprising to hear. Yeah, very that's, much. That's, Coming off of How Clueless, did I not just throw that out there as a possibility? Skateboarding Travis, I believe. Yes. Travis Birkenstock. Is, yes. that is his last it, name Birkenstock? Yes. How is his last name Birkenstock? Because of course it is. He's the, he's the, the heir, the Birkenstock fortune. It's me, um, the heir to the Birkenstock fortune. Because <laughs> he's also in the craft with Nev, yes. Campbell, and Skeet Oliver. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a big craft reunion. Uh, which I, I like Breck and Meyer. Uh, Put Ferruja as Tatum. Oh, Very different energy, but okay. that's a, that is a strong best friend energy that I am here for. That's true. That's true. Or uh, what was her face that plays the lead? I don't care. She's also an Empire Records. Fair enough. You don't care. Moving on. Uh, Jason Lee auditioned. Uh-huh. Very different energy. Very. Than what I would assume of, up for this. Uh, he's coming off of mall rats at this point, but I kind of dig. I see him like getting so like obsessed with no, here is oh, yeah. are the rules of horror films. Well, yes. Uh, which I would like. And of course, Seth Green auditioned. I mean, if you're casting this guy, Seth Green said no. 
You know well, what I mean? I don't have him saying no. I just had that he auditioned. So maybe if he you're did casting say no, this or, guy, or something. You thought about casting Seth Green first. <laughs> or something popped up casting conflicts. Um, I don't know. I, I would be, I would, Seth Green. I mean, that's what I would want. He's so much funnier. Yeah. And this Seth Green is around the time of like when his stint on Buffy. It's like, that's, that's what I, I, I kind of want. Although kind of all three of them, I'm kind of more interested in than Jamie Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brecken Meyer, Jason Lee, or Seth Green, not yeah. even including our fantasy casts. Which are great. Always. Uh, <laughs> right, listener? Moving on. Billy Loomis. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Skeet Ulrich, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? My notes on, well, this is the character notes. Uh, the, basically, all I have written note-wise for this film are, Skeet is a creep, all caps, and then he is a terrible, terrible is underlined, human and boyfriend well yes um this is tricky i mean he killed her mom and continued to date her for for a year year. so here's the deal this becomes tricky when you know the whole backstory because we're meant to think he's the killer then we're meant to think he's not and then we're like oh no he is so it is hard so it kind of depends casting on whether or not how hard you want us to buy that he's a killer. I honestly think we get a little more bang for our buck if we have to be convinced that he's a killer rather than him climbing into her window. We're like, break up with him immediately. (sighs) I I think like giving us a little more of a journey to go on before we're like, oh shoot, was it him? Right. Would be useful, but mm, that's just me. I get that. So anyway, uh, my first thought as far as like someone has the same hair is Christian Slater, (laughs) which of course is most of the acting is being done by the hair. Um, Uh Then I thought also like, um, He's he's a bit younger, but like a Wes Bentley as far as like someone oh, who's super intense. But I would yeah. buy that intensity as being soulful yeah. rather than psychotic. That's the problem with Billy Loomis. If only he could put all of his energy into filmmaking. If he could get into, if you get him the yeah. right plastic bag for him to film, he's no longer <laughs> trying to kill people. This bag was dancing for me, and I thought <laughs> I don't need to kill anymore. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh my gosh! Now someone who's like. This is an actor who's so dynamic and so like charming that I really would be like, ooh, I don't know, but I don't want to believe it. Is a young Heath Ledger. Yeah. That's who yeah. I want. Is someone like that who's also so good at acting. Exactly how he looks in 10 Things I Hate About You. Exactly. That long, gorgeous, curly hair. Yes, yeah. where you're like, ooh, do I trust you? Yeah. I don't know if I should, but I do. And mm-hmm. oh, honestly, I was wrong. I was wrong about you. Not like this guy's a jerk and we all saw it from yeah. frame one you know Heath Le- you know the, the script didn't get sold until 1999 and now you've got heath ledger and julia styles as your billy and sydney they i'm hey, interested they're, I'm, I'm interested. interested let me think also i mean just thinking back to clueless like jeremy sisto feels like a natural kind of like oh sure you know where i'm like yeah. i don't know if i like you or not but yeah you, i yeah. can see why she thinks she should be dating you um, and then another person who, who's very easy to have complicated feelings about is Joaquin Phoenix. You know, as yep. far as like, you're troubled. Are yep. you also a, like a killer? Right. Coming or- off coming off of To Die For? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love that. All around this time, kind of shocked, all around the same age as Skeet Ulrich, we could have a young Jude Law. Hey. I mean. Similar to like Joaquin, yeah. someone who I'm like. I don't know. He's got the, those intense eyes and yep. he's got like around, it's bonkers because this is around the time of Talented Mr. Ripley when I'm like, he was like 23, 24 when he did Talented Mr. Ripley. Wow. Great. Great. Uh, I could see a young Johnny Lee Miller. Yes. I could see as well. 
Carl Urban, young Carl Urban. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and you know who's Adam Scott? Now, I also was thinking, where would I put Adam Scott in this film? And this is the th- the role that seemed most logical. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Because he's it's Adam Scott. But he's like, that's what he does. He does those two things. He, he does your Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec. He does your sweet whatnot. But he also does the worst. He, yeah. He can play the worst. Uh, so I think he'd be really interesting there. And if this is made later, I could see a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, you're coming off of D- mm. Donnie Darko. I could see, like, that I was age. also thinking of Maggie as being a, a decent pick for Tatum, you know? Oh, sure. Um, I could see her as Sydney as well. Maggie Gyllenhaal as Sydney. Yeah, for sure. I could say. Yeah. Um, and made m- later than that, like I, Rami Malek, I, I think would be, I mean, it's his eyes. Ooh. He's got those cre- got yeah, some yeah, creepy yeah, yeah, eyes yeah. that he can put to some creepy good use. Uh, as for the actors who were actually considered, David Arquette auditioned for Billy. Well, he's the same age as everyone else. Which is bananas. He decided he liked the role of Dewey more, and he was like, I, I, sorry, I don't know if that meant that he try to pitch himself as Dewey yeah. or what, but well, it worked out great for him personally and professionally. 100%. Um, especially because it's like, oops, Skeet Ulrich, you're dead at the end of this movie. Whereas David Arquette is in all four of them. And I'm going to marry my love interest and then get divorced to my love interest. Yeah. Well, they were still together for like over a decade. You well, know, sure. Like, very, very true. I'm going to, you know, that this helps make so many of their careers. This was like yeah. such a big smash hit. And I think having the role, well, I'll say this, that I'm pretty sure that role Dewey was supposed to die at the end of the but film. But he's so charming and so likable. So that they I'm very glad him in the ambulance, Good. giving the thumbs up. Like I'm still here. Opposed to just, you know, unceremoniously it's, getting stabbed in the back. He, Cause he does nothing. Like the character doesn't actually do anything to help save anyone at the end of the day, right. outside of that. Sydney can use his gun and right. he's able to get more of like hero moments as the franchise progresses. But sure. if they let him just die in this first one, you wouldn't get there. Well, I like that they like, as the movie goes on, are doing less and less elaborate deaths. Like initially they're like, we're going to carve them up and do this whole hunting thing that we've explained <laughs> to right. our friends um, uh, just outside of school. Yeah. But then as it goes on, it's like, all right, for expedience sake, boop, you know. We don't got time for that. And it's all it turns night. out you should have taken the time because that like, guy's yeah, alive. It's so funny. They, yeah. So they kill her mom one year ago. And then I guess that it's Decide like. Decide to go on a spree? Why do they kill Casey and Steve? I guess because, well, I don't think there's a reason to kill them outside of the fact that they want to just make a big like mass murder Splash, killing spree yeah. and have them be the ones that survived. And I would assume be the ones that they then stopped the killer. So they, they want to make themselves yeah. heroes. So it's like, we're also, we're nearing the one year anniversary so they wait the, for the anniversary. So they can blame it on Neil. Blame it on the dad. The, yeah. That yeah, Neil, the dad went crazy with the one year anniversary of his wife getting murdered. Mm-hmm. And that, that, but, but there's no specific reason that I could see of why Casey, which I'm, it's like, it's also, it's fine. Like we don't need a, like the specific reason why no. I killed her because of this reason, him because well, of this reason. Well, as they say, like, <laughs> I don't need a motive. It's scarier when there's no motive. Yeah. And whatever, what does Matthew Lillard say? And it's like, well, what's your motives too? And it's just like, I forget what he says. But it's just like, I'm, I'm like, I, I can't remember. It's just like, I, I'm peer pressure. That's what it's peer pressure, peer mm-hmm. pressure. I'm just, I just go along with everyone. <laughs> uh, Justin Whalen was considered who in 1986, he was playing Jimmy Olsen on Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Oh, so wow. He's doing that for years and years and years. Kevin Patrick Walls, who plays Steve, Drew Barrymore's oh, boyfriend at the beginning. No lines, famously duct taped. I think he does. I thought he did have a few lines. I thought he was saying. No. 
He's like, mm-hmm. Casey, Casey, no. Well, he was given that small part as compensation for not getting the part of Billy. So he well, got it's still iconic. Something. But, True. Know. Well, he got paid. He got paid. He got something. Yeah. Um, for his troubles. And that sound means it's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Billy and one was not. And Amy Joe is to guess which is which. Your options are Jared Leto. Joaquin Phoenix and Matthew Lillard. Two jokers and a jokester. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it stands. And Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. They really are bending the it's rules. It's me, Sydney. <laughs> I feel like our relationship has gone down to PG. <laughs> He, well, he would think that, wouldn't he? Um, I'm 54 years old trying to climb up this goddamn okay. ladder, Sydney. You know who was on my longer list for Sydney is... Uh, um, His Terms of Endearment co-star, Shirley MacLaine. Laura Flynn Boyle. <laughs> I feel like she's too old in 1996 to be playing a high school. I think... Well, she was in Twin Peaks. I feel like oh, she's she, comparable she age. Was. Oh, see, I'm thinking I, I'm what I've seen her of of most recent is a really good thriller uh, red rock west with her and nick cage and uh dennis hopper and that's mm-hmm. like 93 94 and she, she's like the femme fatale yeah so. i don't know but I she also quite sure. famously was with jack nicholson she sure was so it she was sure shocking was. um okay um all right wait Jared okay Lito. two jokers joaquin and a Phoenix, jokester matthew lillard I think Joaquin was not considered. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I think Jared Leto was not considered. That is correct. Mm. But isn't that good casting? Wouldn't that yes. make sense? He was on my I list. I am proud of you. And then I was you. like, oh, I should put that in the, in the game because I think that I mean, that casting is too good. Uh, yeah. But no, not, as far as I could tell, not considered. He would be young for it, but it's like, I'm like, yeah. this is not that far Well, off so Joaquin from, was up for it? Joaquin was up for it. I ding, so ding, ding, ding to you. Joaquin Phoenix turned it down, which I'm sure he was like, this is not where I want my career to go. I've played so many creeps and I'll continue right. to do so. But yeah. I want to play a different kind of creep. I want to be the creeping gladiator. I want to be a vintage creep. I want to be a creep in quills. Like, I don't want to be the creep I want to be scream. a creep in period costume. Exactly. I want to be a creep, but only if I can be dressed. Well, you know what that did too is it aged him. Because if he was doing more like teen things, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm playing teen. As opposed to like in gladiator, I don't think of his being like the young teen like king i know it's true and it's also you know that's five years that's after to die for in terms of just like however old he is in to die for so i mean i'm guessing he'd probably be i don't know top of my head but i guess he's like whatever in his mid-20s at least by gladiator um i mean considering how they're in their mid-20s in this film all the people playing high schoolers 26 25 right 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 right. uh but i think joaquin phoenix will be great He'd be really good in this. Uh, I'd be interested uh, in that. And Matthew Willard was considered for this course, role as you're well. Of course, reading from all. You actually, yeah, they brought him in. Like, here, read for both of these guys. Yeah. Um, but it makes much more sense as Stu. For sure. And those were all the characters that I found other casting options for. But there are a few characters we didn't mention. So I want to briefly touch on them. Of course, Drew Barrymore's Casey. She shot all of her scenes in the first five days of production. So that is a packed five days. Yeah, because that's a lot of, like, it's a big set piece. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking out, like, the first 12 minutes of your film in those first five days yeah. uh, and she's great it really it does a lot it is one of the most iconic parts of the film for a reason like yeah. she's great she's great in this and yeah i i think she would have been really a really good sydney as well but i i like the way it worked out i do too i i like it a lot i think she, yeah she would have been wonderful but this ends up being iconic because again 
you always have to think of like, what are audiences going to bring with them? Yeah. And they're going to bring with them an expectation that Drew Barrymore is the lead of your film. And David Arquette as Dewey, uh, as I said, he was so popular in test screenings, they had to keep him alive. I think he's so charming. He, I think I said at one point we were watching, I was like, this is the one nice person in this movie, you know, maybe Nev Campbell, like, like Sydney. You and know, but Tatum. I think they're all, that's true. That but family is nice. Oh, that is just like, you know, does mom know? <laughs> the, the, the play between the two of them where it's just like, now look, I'm a deputy and mom says you have to call me that while I'm at war. You have to respect yeah. that I'm an officer of the law. I find it weird that you cast, that you purposefully make two of these characters siblings, but like he never finds out that she's dead. Her sister is dead in this film. Yeah. We don't see it. At least any not in this that. film. Yeah. You know, it's weird. You get, you do get the moment that well, where Nev Campbell f- sees her in the garage clearly, door, which is, I'm glad that you get yes. that. You telling me that they didn't plan for him to live makes that clear to me. There's no reason for him to see her die if they think he's just going to die too. So what's the difference? Well, well but still, Other there's than no reason conflict. to make them siblings. He could just be whatever, the hapless, uh, you know, cop, you know? There's... True, but then he's at the house when she sure. gets the call, all of that, you yeah, know? Like, just tying them Oh my in gosh, more. there's that great yeah. moment where he like comes out like sneakily with the gun and then he picks up the phone and he's like, hello. <laughs> yeah, just picks up the phone. Hello. As if he's auditioning for Batman. Yeah, like the body language changes too. He's like got the gun. He's a little like freaked. And then he sees the phone and just like everyone else has walked away. Like they're done with the moment he picks it up. He's like (laughs) suddenly his spine straightens. He's like, now I'm in charge. It was just a very funny comedic moment. Uh, And yes, as we said, Liev Schreiber, this tiny role as cotton weary, no lines, would come back in Scream 2 and Scream 3. Uh, which is like, well, how'd you know? How would you know? How did you know that you had how did Liev you had Schreiber, Schreiber in this rando role, opposed to just Joe Schmo? Um, we have some cameos in the film. Of course, the director Wes Craven cameos as Freddy the janitor, who's done up to look oh. like Freddy Krueger, the same like color, swe- like striped sweater, that makes sense. Uh, which is fun. And Linda Blair has a cameo as a as a reporter uh, at one oh. point. I think, I think she's like trying to interview. Dewey. I think she's trying to interview mm-hmm. David Arquette. Uh, and the voice, Roger Jackson, who's the voice of Ghostface, was supposed to just be a placeholder and that and that they would dub it over in post-production. Um, but then Wes Craven, they, he's like, this voice is perfect. Let's just keep this voice yeah. as is. And purposefully throughout filming would not have him meet Nev Campbell and Drew Barrymore. They never met him. So they would only hear him over the phone. They did Oof. not see him in life. And I think it, it works yes. so well. It is a creepy, creepy voice. It is. It's great. But it also has like a personality and nuance in it. It sounds like someone yeah. trying to disguise their voice and yet like has like movement to it. That's a great point. So much personality. It's not just this generic like, do you want to play a game? Yeah. It's so. It's not I'm doing a Batman voice. Yeah. There's so much, so much life mm-hmm. in it. And that helps make it so unique uh and and like such a great you know throughout this whole franchise that you always they always keep that you have to keep that voice even when it's like it's just a voice modulator and like how but still right it's great oh well it gets i think in the third one from what i remember hearing because i have not seen this film but i've I've listened to podcasts breaking down this film which is like what i know of this film that they have like we're like it doesn't even make sense the technology where you have people are just able to like just speak and like whatever, like they have like a voice recorder or something. Oh, wow, like we're getting in the face mask. off like territory. Yeah, I get. You know what? Um, they put a microchip in their throat, and now they can talk like <laughs> <laughs> like, like Nicholas Cage, like Roger Jackson as the voice as Ghostface as 
Daddy Death. <laughs> it's me. Daddy Da. Daddy Da. Papa Slice. Papa, Papa Slice. Uh, and of course, Henry Winkler as the principal. Crush. So great. So great. Crush. So ridiculous and random to have Henry Winkler as his principal. Why wouldn't you? I know. But part of it is like, I could see if they, you get like whatever. You get like a big horror icon sure. in the, in the small That's cameo true, as this true. role. You get Robert England, Freddie Krueger as this principal or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But no, you get the Fonz. Which I love. I love him starting to comb his hair, trying to fix it. I'm like, are you going to give me the thumbs up? Are you going to give me like, eh? Missing, he should be, you know, getting himself a soda by punching the the vending machine. But I think he's outgrown that, what? Jeffrey. I don't think, I don't, <laughs> not, not for me, not for me. He, he stated that the hardest thing to film was his death scene, adding, quote, this one shot with the bad guy with the mask coming into my eyeball. It took two hours to shoot. As he was stabbing me, Wes, in his professorial way, came up and he said, do you think it might be more excruciating? Do you think being stabbed, you would scream a little louder? I said, I could do that. Then, because I had tubes going up my clothes, coming out my shirt, out of my chest, they filled it back up with fake blood, and then I screamed much louder. (laughs) (laughs) I just love Henry Winkler so much. I I love him on Barry so much as Gene. Uh, uh, but I just picture I, I but I knew that quote before we then watched the film to prep. So just seeing he is really he's going for it. He's really screaming because you can see he's like I don't want to have to go. He's through. like oh wait, what's the title of this movie? Oh yeah 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 yeah. But it's yeah, like this yeah. is before you could just CGI in the blood. It's like you because you you, you yeah. have to re- it takes a while to reset each time you're doing a death scene to get all this fake blood and yeah. goop. Look. I did costumes for a stage show where there was a lot of blood and we had two versions of the costumes for the two protagonists that dealt with most of the blood. And it was a 90 minute one act. So I did not have a lot on costumes crew to do during the show. But after the show, Mm -hmm. my job became rinsing the blood out of the coat. And my hands were raw by the end (laughs) of the run. It was only like a few days. Like it's the kind of thing, like if it were a commercial run, they would have found a different fabric to use that would have been easier to get out. But I was like, this is not great or a different way to make fake blood that would wash out more easily yeah yeah that wouldn't because they wanted like stuff that it would show up on sure but then stuff they could get it out of which meant i was wringing it out of this like poly blend like coat for 45 minutes after a performance just like my hands hand toy. Uh, <laughs> final thoughts, Amy Joe. Any other characters we didn't touch on or any other moments in the film that popped out at you? No. It was fun. Yeah. This was very fun. I will say mm-hmm. I was like, I'm looking forward to watching this. You're like, you're not um at all nervous because I don't love watching a horror film. I was like, no, it'll be fun. And then as soon as it started, I was like, oh the windows. Oh, the doors. <laughs> the doors with the windows. Why? But then once we got past the initial like set piece with Drew Barrymore, right, it right. was much I mean I did jump and yell a lot, but it was more fun rather than like yeah. oh no. Mm. Oh no, I'll never sleep. Like I had no trouble sleeping after we watched this. Great. As your partner, great to know. (laughs) As opposed to Silence of the Lambs where I was like, sure, I've seen this before and I still might never sleep again. (laughs) I'll end with this. Uh, The high school scenes were supposed to be shot at Santa Rosa High School in California. However, very close to the shooting date, the school board finally read the script and denied the film to be shot there due to the violent nature as they had been under the impression the film was a comedy and production was moved to Healdsburg, California. As payback, Wes Craven put in the end credits under the special thanks section, (gasps) no thanks whatsoever (gasps) to the Santa Rosa City School District (gasps) Governing Board. 
What a burn. Forever and always. <laughs> Screw this school in the credits of this movie. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Follow us on Instagram at andalmoststarring to see what movie we're doing next and just follow our general shenanigans. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.